whizzing through the priority check-in counters and boarding gates, drinking SA's award-winning wines. It's not just flying, it's a feeling. Book and fly domestic in SAA business class and stand a chance to win a Cellini carry-on luggage bag. Go to flysaa.com or call 011-978-1111 or contact your nearest travel agent. T's and C's apply. South African Airways, bringing the world to Africa, taking Africa to the world. Ngatisin Lovu and Sidumedi Attorneys is one of the leading black-owned law firms with proficiency in litigation, corporate and tax laws to name just a few. MNS Attorneys' specialized knowledge gives corporate and government clients tailored legal solutions all under one roof. To simplify your legal needs, give us a call on 011-268-5225. MNS Attorneys, legal expertise in your corner. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Nine minutes after eight. Welcome to the show. If you've just joined us and if you've been with us all morning, thanks for staying tuned. Well, um, this morning we are tackling, you know, very serious and um, also a very important topic because uh, we are speaking to young people in South Africa. Youth unemployment in South Africa stands at a staggering 70%. And according to the 2014 World Economic Forum's Global Risk Report, South Africa has the third highest unemployment rate in the world for people between the ages of 15 and 24. Graduates and matriculants are struggling to find jobs due to stiff competition in the job market. And when opportunity presents itself, should the youth stay open-minded about the job hunt? Because that is one of the other issues that comes into play. Or do we expect them to just uh, take on the, uh, the job, and even if it is outside of their field of study? And are they willing to actually go that route as the youth? Or is this a case of the youth preferring to be unemployed rather than to take a job that they consider to be beneath them. Well, who better to ask than the young people themselves? On the forum at 8 this morning, our question is, do South African youth have a sense of entitlement? And do you believe it is this sense of entitlement, if you agree with that, that is holding them back from actually making more of their lives than is currently happening? Our guests uh, this morning, we are joined in studio by uh, Tulu Mafoko, and uh, she is uh, 24 years old. She hails from uh, Medellin in Soweto and has been unemployed for three months. Uh, she has previously worked at a call center and graduated with a BSc Biotech Management from uh, the Midrand Graduate Institute. And at the moment, she's at home and she's staying with her brother, who is a breadwinner. Tulu, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me here today. We also have uh, on the line with us um, a 30-year-old Lawrence Lekalakala, who is in Mpumalanga at the moment. Now, Lawrence has, uh, is an internal auditing graduate from Tswane University of Technology, and he moved back to the village when he couldn't find employment. And at the moment, he uh, occupies himself by helping high school students with studies, and he completed his studies in 2008 and has only been doing peace jobs with in uh, the financial services sector to date. Lawrence, thanks for your time as well. Thank you for having me. Good morning. And uh, Nom Zamom Dladla joins us. Uh, she is 25 years old, has uh, just a matric certificate, passed matric in 2007 and was not able to finish her degree at uh, the University of Johannesburg. And uh, Nom Zamom says she's looking for anything, internships in journalism, and she's currently based in Peter Maritzburg. Uh, as uh, I said, uh, all our graduates this morning are unemployed. Nom Zamom, thanks for your time as well. Thank you very much for having me. Now, Tula, let me start with you. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you've heard the stories before that the youth of today uh, seems to have the sense of entitlement. They feel the world, they feel South Africa um, Inc. owes them something and therefore the world should just, you know, be handing job opportunities and whatever else that they desire to them on a silver platter. What's your take on that? Okay, my take on that is... It's not a right thing to say to us because we wake up every morning, like me, I studied. I went to school there. People, they'll tell you, get a better education, you'll find a job. If you have matric, they'll say, get a degree. I went out, I got a degree to get a job. So at the end of the day, feeling entitled, it's not entitled. It's, it's a sense of, I went to school, I think I deserve getting that job, so to speak. 
It's not a matter of entitlement. Perhaps some people feel entitled by saying that they need X, Y, Z. It's not an entitlement sense, but it's a need because we need to pay our bills at the end of the day. So when you say you expect to find a job, uh, where did you expect that job to come from? Is that something that you even uh, considered while you were studying, you know, the the, the question of uh, what am I going to do after this? Yes, it's something that I considered while I was studying because while I was studying, I actually did an internship with uh, another company. However, you have to look at uh, your circumstances at home. Are you going to spend 2,000 rand on transport going to do an internship whereby you're not getting paid? Or are you going to wait for that certain job to come or are you going to take up any other job that's there in Mm -hmm. the market? At the end of the day, like as you said, I've been at home for three months. I worked at a call center. It has nothing to do with what I studied. However, I went there every single day because I wanted to to get that income so that I could pay off my student loans because we have different responsibilities at the end of the day. Mm. Mm -hmm. Do you feel let down though by, and, and by whom? Yes, I have a sense of being let down because when I went to do my degree, it's a Bachelor of Science. You are told all these beautiful stories that with a science degree, the jobs are there or they are offered for you there everywhere. However, when I finished my degree and I started job hunting, it was like a wake up call saying, hello, you do not have three years experience. No company wants you without experience. Then a company tell no volunteer whereby they're getting a skill where you're going to work for them, they're getting a turnover at the end of the year, they're making billions, however, they do not want to pay you. And, 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 and is that not, you know, uh, something that you would have considered, uh, given that you said uh, people are always asking you for experience? So mm-hmm. if the company says, come and volunteer, don't you think that would help towards you gaining some experience in uh, your field of expertise? Yes, uh, yes, it does assist you. However, as I said, my brother is the breadwinner at home. My parents are pensioners, they all live in Rustenburg whereby at the end of the month where you have to sacrifice 2,000 rand for transport or food at home, you have to weigh it up and see which one do I choose. Mm. At the end of the day, uh, you need to meet the ends meet, buy the food, because food is a necessity. The same people that you're asking for transport money, they have to fund your, you have to wait, you have to have clothes, you have to have pocket money to go to work, you have to have extra money just in case that transport system that you're using doesn't work because I used to train to go to work. When it was raining, I had to find another option of taking a bus or a taxi back home. So some of the things, volunteering, yes, it's an option. However, sometimes it doesn't work out. Mm. Let's mm. hear from uh, Lawrence. Uh, now, Lawrence is an internal auditing graduate. Lawrence, you currently back home uh, in the village in Mpumalanga because you couldn't find a job in Gauteng. Just tell me, you know, uh, how has that left you feeling right now? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm feeling very much disappointed because what I expected. In fact, I mean, I was thinking by this time I would be... I'll be uh, Waiting in a in a, in a well-known organization like I'll be okay, Lawrence. I'll be, the line you know, is not good, uh, so I'm going to put you back uh, to the production team, and uh, we'll try and get you on a better line. In the meantime, uh, let me ask Norm Zamo about uh, her experience. 25 years old, uh, matriculated in 2007, uh, unable to finish her degree at UJ, and uh, you are saying you are open to just about anything. Does this mean you've reached that point of desperation uh, right now, Nomzam? Yes, of course. I'd put it that way. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I have been trying to get internships in line with the degree that I was pursuing, and the only challenge is that you need to finish it before you get an internship. The reason why I'm down for anything is because I need to survive. I need to be able to support myself. And that's the, the struggle I'm, I'm currently suffering. And before I can even be able to support myself, I have to have money to go look for jobs, drop, interview, drop uh, CVs and all of those things. Mm. And, 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 and uh, how have you been surviving? All this time? Uh, it's through family, family support. Mm. And, and, and uh, do you get a sense that they are, you know, uh, becoming 
impatient at the fact that you are not uh, managing to pay your own way, given that you're already 25 years old and, you know, ideally you should be uh, independent uh, economically and otherwise at this point? Of course, they do get those moments, but not all the time. Most of the time, they're very supportive. But this thing comes up that you are old enough to see for yourself. However, we can never uh, uh, push you away if you're looking for help there and there. Mm. Now, I think one of the interesting things is that, you know, you guys are all talking about looking for a job. And looking at what the economic situation, the reality in the country has been for quite a while now since the uh, 2008 global economic crisis, I mean, were you guys not aware that it was not going to be easy to actually go and find a job? Because even at the time when you were studying, people were already struggling to find jobs. Were you not aware of that reality, Tulu? I had a sense that it might be difficult. However, when... You're at an institute whereby everybody paints a beautiful picture. When you go to certain companies, let's say you're doing your research there and you're going just to feel the vibe of the company, they tell you, no, you're going to get a job. Don't worry about it. Get your degree. You'll get a job. Even if the economy was bad, somebody said it's going to recover. You're going to get jobs, so, so to speak. So I think we had that hope. You have that hope saying, at least I have a degree or I have a diploma, I will find a job. Because they'll tell you, if you have a matric certificate, it's very tough for you to get a job in a certain field. However, get your qualification, perhaps it might be better for you. Mm. However, when we get there, we're all on the same plane. Nomzama? Hello. You also wanted to respond to that? Um, I'd say it's not just necessarily us alone who are not aware of these things. I think there are many factors towards us, the youth of today, not being able to get jobs. It's the, econ- it's the brains behind the economic structure in SA. You, you, you will remember that um, 10 years ago, during the upper state era, people were oppressed and poor. But now we are free and we are 10 times poor as a country and the youth is left as if we did this to ourselves we Mm -hmm. pursued education and now what what happens after we wait we go and and find like a proper education what happens Mm. but 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 it's very clear that you are expecting the answer to come from somewhere as opposed to the answer coming from yourselves you know because um, have you not a thought of, you know, something that you could start, um, a way of uh, keeping yourself employed and perhaps employing others? Because the buzzword entrepreneurship has been around for quite some time. And given the high unemployment stats in this country, surely you would have thought about that. Of course I have. And uh, imagine if we all have businesses to run. Who serves who? Mm-hmm. If we were all, to, if we were going to have businesses like everyone, who serves who? Who serves who? Yes, who works for who? When we are all running our own businesses, it's a very beautiful idea to have your own business. I've tried that, but at the end of the day, someone has got to serve someone. But isn't it a matter of not being able to think out of the box? Because if there are 70% uh, of youth unemployed and, um, you know, if they are then, uh, if they find themselves in positions of employment, then there'll be more income to go around, which means there uh, will be more markets to service and therefore the money goes around. So in terms of who serves who, that will take care of itself. But uh, Tulu, you were shaking your head. You wanted to say something (laughs) to that? Yes, I wanted to say something that um, being an entrepreneur is a beautiful thing. It's in your mind. When you think about it and you think of the concepts and things like that, it's perfect. However, it's the implementation of your ideas, the implementation of your strategy, so to speak, of what kind of a business are you going to run and what are the needs are of the people community around. I can't be living in Soweto and start a 
shop that sells bunny chows or cool drinks, whereby there's like four shops, same street, doing the same thing. However, I think it's a matter of thinking out of the box. Yeah, because, I mean, surely you've got to look at something different. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the problem is people keep looking at the same sectors mm-hmm. to service. That's true. Because some, some companies, there was, there was a thing that was going on with the agricultural uh, department, the Department of Agriculture, saying that you come up with ideas of running farms and things like that. However, when you're sitting around with zero experience about how to run a farm, how are you going to put up the ideas of saying this is what we're going to do, even if you get research? I think it's something that we, you have to think about in a long-term type of situation. Mm. Not like immediately you're going to do something today, tomorrow it will be implemented, and in two weeks' time you'll be making a profit. I think that's the biggest problem about thinking about entrepreneurship. We're always thinking that we're going to be making a profit within two months, whereby sometimes the business might not even take off within a week or three years. Mm-hmm. Which entrepreneurs don't tell Those us are that. the realities. Yes, they don't tell you that you won't make money for maybe two years. You only see somebody 20 years down the line driving a BMW and thinking that I'm going to start my shop today, tomorrow I'll be buying a Mac. Isn't that part of the problem? Because that's mm-hmm. what uh, people charge about the youth of today. They want everything now. It's that, mm-hmm. you know, microwave generation. Everything needs to happen instantaneously. But I just want to check if we have uh, Lawrence back on a better line. Lawrence? Yes. Much better. Thank you. Now, um, uh, you back in the village in Mpumalanga because um, you failed to find a job, uh, internal auditing graduate, and uh, you're struggling. But I believe you are now helping students back in your village. Yes, that's what I'm basically doing now. I'm trying to encourage students like to study and uh, highlight the importance of education to them. But uh, it's much difficult, you know, for me because like now I have to tell them about the importance of education and about how how well they will live after completing their studies. But then what they, when they ask me the questions of why why you not have those things, you know, so that's, that's the type of challenges that I'm getting. But regardless of that, I'm, I'm encouraging them to study. Mm. You know what I always, uh, you know, question? The fact that someone can be a graduate and they can't make a living somehow, doing something, anything. I find that very hard to swallow. And and, and am I, you know, misplaced in my view there? I mean, please, uh, Lawrence. Because, like, when you, when you are a graduate, like like me, there's nothing that you're doing on, on, on every day. So you, you think like you, you need to find something that will at least boost the community because there's nothing I can do. I'm not working and I'm available and I've got skills, I've got knowledge. So I think that's the only thing that I can at least do, share with, with the little ones. Mm. And, 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 yeah. But how are you making a living off that? I'm, I'm, I'm currently staying with my parents, so I'm surviving with... With, with, with that, there's nothing, there's no income that I'm getting because everything that I'm doing is voluntarily. Well, this morning we are asking on the forum at 8, do South African youth have a sense of entitlement? And of course, uh, with the unemployment stats uh, for young people, for youth in South Africa, standing at a staggering 70%, something needs to be done. But is the solution to come from government, from everybody else in South Africa, or are the youth going to have to pull themselves up by their bootstraps? Love to hear from you, 0891-104-208, and you can also SMS us on 34701. Let's go to Nazreen in Durban. Good morning, Nazreen. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, it's very nice to speak with all of you. And I'm so glad you're talking about this because I've often thought about this in my mind. Um, I'm a young woman in my early 30s. And I recently started my own business for the second time. It's a lot of hard work. It's just damn hard work. We've got to say that. I came from a background, from a a middle-class background, so we were lucky enough to get some sort of funding to go and study. Otherwise, I wouldn't have studied at all at university. Mm -hmm. And then you you sort of work through the ranks. um, And Durban's known for being a smaller town, especially with the digital media and communications industry. So it was very difficult to break a foot. Now, yes... South African youth these days do have a sense of entitlement because you see it you know, in the kind of sentiment and um, I think the way that youth communicate with you if you're offering them a job. So what I say to graduates is, yes, it's difficult to start uh, your own business. It's madly crazy to think that you can start something and take it out there. You need funding, um, you need a bit of resources, and you also need access to the right people. 
But don't stop there. If you've graduated, go on, work as a waitress, do something to earn a little bit of money, a bit of manual labor. There's nobility in doing any kind of work where you exert yourself honestly. There's mm-hmm. a lot of nobility in that, and I think that's what kids forget because glory, there's no glory in anything that comes to you very quickly. Absolutely. If you work very, very hard at it, then you understand and you value that kind of experience and the reward that comes to you. And also, there are many, many people who are willing to help you if you just ask. And you've got to be humble enough to say, yes, I do need help. Um, I am resourceful enough to go out and look for information. And I will ask everybody until I find somebody who says, yes, I Mm. will help you. So I don't want you to say, you know, whatever your background, I can't do this. You can do this. It's very necessary. It's very important. So uh, that's all I can say for this point at this point. Thank you so much, Nazreen. And, and, and I just want to throw in this SMS here. It says, our youth is very choosy. They make crazy salary demands and they find it easy to spend time at Chisanyamas and get drunk rather than sharpening their skills. How come foreigners find jobs or create jobs a lot easier than our young people do? That's from Matubula in Benoni. And, 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 and that's a valid question. And that's, again, one of those um, allegations that are, you know, leveled against our youth today. And we'll continue with this discussion after the news break. The question we're asking this morning, do South African youth have a sense of entitlement? And is that sense of entitlement actually holding them back from reaching their true potential? That's what we're talking about. Right now, though, 8.30 and time for news headlines with uh, Kumbuzile Tabete. Thank you, Sakina. Looking ahead in the 9 o'clock bulletin, economist Lisiba Mutata has warned that the funding of the e-tolling system will remain a complicated and challenging issue. More on that story at 9 o'clock. Here's a wrap of some of our top stories this morning. The Corner People's Rights Movement leader Andy Lelili has been shot and wounded in Kailicha on the Cape Flats. He's believed to have been shot in the stomach four times last night. ESCOM has given the assurance that no further load shedding is anticipated for the rest of this week. Two South African children found on the streets of Sao Paulo in Brazil after their mother was arrested for drug trafficking are expected to return home this morning. And SADC facilitator Deputy President Cyril Ramaphosa has arrived in Lesotho for further talks aimed at returning normalcy to the mountain kingdom. For SFM News, I'm Kumbuzile Tabete. More news at 9 o'clock. Traffic on SAFM. Well, still very heavy coming into Joburg on the highway networks into Crown Interchange. The earlier crash at the uh, Mike 1 North Empire Road still means a very heavy delay as you come off the N12 at Southgate. It means a big delay on the M2, which is uh, backing up into the N3, Heldenace Interchange. And it also just sees some pressure on routes through the south. Motorists uh, getting onto Boysons Road, Turfontaine uh, is jammed up. Wemmerpan, all of those routes in from the south in towards the CBD, either motorists diverting that way to avoid the mic one or getting caught up on those link roads trying to get onto the m2 into that heavy traffic stationary vehicle n3 north before van buren delays from the uh, n12 reading interchange so you're backing up on the n12 east from the r59 exit all the way through effectively to van buren road this morning fatal taxi crash in victory park still causing delays Uh, tana road barry herzog first avenue uh, third avenue rustenburg road lights out in rampark ridge on uh, easterhood at rampark drive so still very heavy on that run through not only on Easter Hope, but also Bayers Nordia and even CR Swart trying to get through to the uh, Randburg area. Durban Zen 2, a lot heavier this morning than it normally is approaching the uh, construction at Gateway. Uh, you'll need to put about 20 minutes on your travel time to get through that traffic if you're heading up for the uh, flight connections at King Shaka International Airport. So either use the R102 or the M4, which is running okay. Those uh, alternative routes will get you into the airport without too much of a delay and certainly bypass the N2 uh, hassles. Uh, Cape Town this morning, things easing up quite nicely. The N2 corridor still busy from Bunga Avenue. M3, not too bad, but Weinberg Hill section is busy. And the N1 Bracken fell down to uh, the uh, Belleville exit. Durban Road exit is slow. And then a little bit of pressure just moving from Platycliffe Road down towards Monte Vista. Rob Byrne, AM Live, Traffic Watch. The Oscars of South African business is now upon us. Be part of the glitz and glam at the 12th Annual National Business Awards. Connect with industry heads and corporate leaders at this year's National Business Awards on Wednesday, 5th of November, 2014 at Empress Palace. For more information, contact 086-000-9590 or visit www.nationalbusinessawards.co.za. His music is sexy, legendary, romantic. 
and mature. And for one night only, he is performing in Johannesburg this November. Canon Productions presents Kenny G. Catch this Grammy Award winning musical maestro at Coca-Cola Dome on the 20th of November. For one night only. Tickets available now at Computing. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thanks for tuning into AM Live this morning. On the Forum at 8 uh, today, our question is, do South African youth have a sense of entitlement? And is that sense of entitlement actually holding them back? And um, uh, just before the break, I read uh, this SMS as well that says, um, our youth today are way too choosy. And I just want to read a few more of these messages. Uh, Terence Brink and Kimberly says, the youth in South Africa market themselves. They have a tendency to give up very easily. Uh, Monday in Cape Town says uh, people need to change their mindset. How many people are actually looking for jobs? Get your friends and start a company. And uh, Siloko Mukopane says, I think it's incorrect to say South African youth are lazy and have a sense of sense for self-entitlement, etc. Uh, you, Sakina, teach me not to generalize when we debate. South African youth know how much they are worth and that makes us different from foreigners who will take anything. Some youth are lazy, not all of us. That's from Silo in Mukopane. Will in Cape Town says the sad reality is that there are not enough companies to provide everyone with jobs. Government needs more policies to support entrepreneurs and even if every deserving young black graduate is placed all the white employees, uh, we would still only make about 5% difference in the unemployment rate. Uh, And that is not sufficient because there are not enough employers. That's from Will in Cape Town. Rundi Nswane says the Department of Education employs ex-convicts with criminal records uh, such as murderers. Why can't they employ those young people? And uh, Fano Ngobo in Cape Town says and uh, you have to have your hair done every three weeks priorities uh, about the youth and, and and these are very real sent- uh, sentiments because i'm thinking of a situation where i have a young man who's sitting at home but everything is taken care of everything that he needs are our youth perhaps also too comfortable are we doing them any real favors as parents, as South Africa, broadly speaking, by making sure that, you know, they are sitting pretty, uh, whereas we ought to be showing them tough love, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe that is something that needs to be explored. I want to breeze through a few calls and then we'll come back to our panel. Let's go to Tozama in Cape Town. Good morning. Hi, Sakina. Hi. Um, I just like to, you know, bring something forth. I'm a 28-year-old uh, political science student. I'm in my last year. I've got a diploma in aviation, which I did prior to um, my degree. Um, and I think, you know, we were talking recently with one of my professors about how interdisciplinary this issue is. It is not merely about people looking for work. And I think there's this Calvinist, Puritanist, sort of view that, um, and, and it comes from sort of the capitalist ideology, work hard and you'll get your fair share. But we need to understand that equal opportunity is at the root cause of all of this. I'm not being a Marxist about it, but I'm saying that at the root cause, economics plays a huge role. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about trying to get people to, um, you know, start their own businesses like your other caller said in Durban, um, and she did mention uh, that, you know, she comes from a middle-class background. Um, you know, where do you start when it comes to the funding and the capital and all of those things to get it right? The other thing is also that we need to consider the social transformation issue when we're talking about nationhood, when we're talking about all these things in South Africa. Fikil Balula this morning on SABC2 was talking about this 2.0 march or whatever it is. Um, and he was talking about, you know, the social cohesion in South Africa, this rainbow nation. It's a fictitious thing that doesn't exist. And those of us who've had the privilege to go to middle-class schools who are now on our second or third degree know this fact. We need to stop lying to our youth and tell them to go to university and study and get things done. It's an interdisciplinary issue. It's ethically concerned. 
It's um, it, it, it's in terms of our national interests as a country. It's a business concern. It's an economic concern. And we need to understand something else. We need to stop with all of these Western ideologies. Um, you know, this individualism thing of you work hard and you get your fair share is nonsense, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And we need to look at all these little things equally. And as a black woman, that panel is sitting there next to you. Um, I think we need to understand the double oppression that black women go through because we have a burden. Once we're done with university, our parents want us to come home and support and supply because we're women and that's our cultural role. So we also need to look at those things. Why do you find that there are very few black female professors in this country? They're not, not that there aren't any, they're very few. So I think the issue just really needs to be looked at from all perspectives. Mm-hmm. I got you there. And then well, what is your view? Uh, do you agree with Tozama? Do you disagree? What do you think the solution is? And do you think that uh, South African youth have a sense of entitlement? And is that sense of entitlement holding them back? Or are we doing things wrongly at other, uh, you know, stages of our youth's education? And are we setting them up, as um, Tozama was saying, uh, for failure by creating unrealistic expectations for our youth? Let's go to Lutando in Emalaseni, good morning. Good morning, ma'am, and your panel. How are you? Well, and you? Good, thanks. To uh, so your panel, I wanted to highlight three things that is uh, hitting our youth in, in top testing skills. Uh, one is, the, I think, the youth lacks the networking skills to market themselves to find jobs. Because and uh, another one is the unwillingness of the youth to take what is available. For instance, this guy is saying he has auditing. He is a graduate in auditing. How mm-hmm. many intensives have been advertised? Okay. Around the country, and the one, the other one is saying he she has matric and she didn't complete her diploma. How many learnerships have been advertised out there? And sadly, uh, she didn't finish her diploma while she was accepted in the university. Not that I'm saying she's reckless, but I believe anyone who don't finish their studies in the university at this time and age, when the NSFAS is a person who has failed themselves. No, but Luchando. Lotanda, where have you been? I mean, we've been doing this NSFA story for the longest time in that they are unable to provide sufficient funding for everybody. So those realities do exist where people simply cannot, you know, pay for their studies. Not that they don't want to study. The money simply isn't there. But when you are already inside a university, I'm one of the persons who have benefited from the NSFA. My parents couldn't educate me, but I married, I made sure that I passed so that I qualify for every for all my studies. I studied with NSFA. Okay. So how to... come how come with them? They don't it, it happens that they are with this group that doesn't qualify for NSFA all the time. So what are you saying? Why are they not qualifying? You, you, you seem to have an underlying because answer they are there. Failing themselves. They are not oh, I they suspected are not that's what you wanted focus. to say. They are not putting more focus in their studies. When they listen to the senior universities now, even with, with, with some organizations in the universities, which is a okay. Okay, got you, Lutando, in Emma Lathenium. Uh, Lutando says, um, uh, you know, um, uh, for Nomzamo, you were not able to complete your studies because you were doing other things while you were supposed to be studying. Therefore, you couldn't even qualify for NSFAS. I'm sure that's a story <laughs> for another day, but I'll give you an opportunity to respond. Let's just run through a few more calls. Beauty in Cape Town, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Um, can you hear me? I can hear you clearly, Beauty. Okay, thank you. I'm actually um, in education, and, and this is one of my greatest burdens. And I think the one option, and I think we often don't think about this, because people, to get employment, you need experience. To get experience, you need employment. And I often say to young people, there is nothing stopping anybody if you can't get employment by offering your services. That which you do to volunteer in a particular company. One can always negotiate a stipend that will cover 
the cost of me coming and, and getting from work. You might not be getting a salary, but you're certainly getting what you need, which is experience. And you can walk in that place and actually make yourself useful, maybe even get to a place of making yourself an asset such that they could employ you. So that's the one option in terms of people looking for employment. Because let's face it, once you've got your education, even when you get your tertiary education, it's not always easy and not everybody always has the courage to actually go and start um, their own business because we often have to earn a salary quite immediately because um, certainly in the black community there tends to be other people that depend on one. So so one often needs the security of a salary and then later on once they're established they can actually then go and start um, their own thing. That's number one. Number two, I do think that our current education system is ensuring that we'll continue to have this question. Because for me, the 30% pass rate is another way in which we are failing our young people. Because we say to them, this is how much you, we think you are capable of understanding. And with, with, with 30% um, um, with, with students only knowing 30% of the work, um, or saying that to them, and a, a large majority of them walk out of school with that type of metric certificate. That it says they passed, but the marks are very, very poor. So, so, so also, our, in a sense, our education system has a way of failing them because it requires so little of them. And so it's drilling it in our head that you are, you, you, you are capable, but you are capable of only so little. And so there's so many of us that have got that qualification and there's not enough jobs for all of us to go in. But lastly, and, and then I go, at the end of the day, while governments can do their best to help us, we actually, each and every one of us, take ownership of, of, our, of our lives. And I think that message is not pretty enough in, in, in schools for, for young people when they're actually studying to say, at the end of the day, you might blame the government, you might even blame the apartheid, you might even blame your parents, but it is your life. And therefore, you need to take ownership, do something about making sure that you um, uh, make something of your life. And if each and every one, make yourself the resources available. There's okay. Because there, there's, there's all sorts of things, but it's your life at the end of the day. Okay, thank you so much, Beauty. Peter, Emma Lasseni, good morning. Good morning, Fakin. How are you? Well, and you, Peter? I'm okay. Um, I think we, we uh, my my view is quite a bit different. That we, let, let us not frustrate the youth of South Africa. Uh, I don't know who told them that um, immediately when you graduate, you deserve a job. Uh, it doesn't work like that. Um, that is why when you compare ourselves with other countries, you will see that there are people that immediately after graduation, they go for a business. So what we need to do in this dilemma is that we need to ensure that our youth are given all the exposures. But then the challenge is, um, you know, the... They youth they need to take it uh, take it upon themselves to say okay I've graduated here here's my PSC degree but I can't find work let me research most of them they have access to internet let me let me research at the comfort of my own house and see what else can I do the challenge now is they don't want to go and queue in long queues to register companies and do all these things that is where we need to assist as, as South Africans and say to them. It's still worth it. You're still a graduate, even if you go and choose somebody that has got a standard degree but has decided to open an engineering company because they have had exposure to uh, what is happening at the mines or at the, at, at the engineering companies. So we, we just need to say to the youth, it, it's good that you go and qualify and it gives you a strong foundation. However, look for alternatives that will uh, um, you know, suit you. Don't sit back and, and think that the degree will actually make you get a job. And that's me. Thank you. Mm. And um, uh, yeah, let me go to uh, our panel. Uh, Lawrence, let me start with you. Your response to what uh, our listeners have been saying. I, I, I think to be labeled laziness and, and being comfortable with where we are now, it, it, it's not true. It's not how, how we feel because, like, uh, for, 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 for example, for myself, I, I can tell that I have knocked on almost all the government departments that you see in Pretoria, in town. I've been there. I've been submitting applications since 2008 until today. So to be labeled that I'm lazy, I think that is not correct. That is that is that is not true. That is not the reality. I've been I've been hustling. I've been trying. Uh, I've been pushing. I'm just not getting the luck that others are getting. But again, I think the problem that that we we, we are having that is causing this thing uh, for us graduates. I think it's experience because you find. Uh, many companies they, they they reject you because of the experience, because uh, the gap that that the, the gap of the skills that we're getting from the tertiary institutions and and the skills that the job market require 
it, it really creates the problem because we do have the theoretical knowledge of what is expected on us, but we do not have that practical experience. And many, many companies, even government, they prefer people with experience than those with qualifications because they, they, they will tell you that, can you do this now? You can't mm-hmm. do that because you don't have that experience, that, that practical experience. But my problem is that why, do, why are, not, are they not giving us a chance? At least invest in us, train us for a year so that we can get that experience. They mm-hmm. offer a little, a, little, a, little, a little internships, you know. I think they should create more internships or at least allow us to volunteer. Why, why don't they allow us to volunteer so that we can but, gain but, that experience? Um, uh, earlier, um, uh, when we spoke about this, uh, Tulo, you were saying that, you know, uh, it costs you more to get there um, and you don't have that sort of money. So this issue of volunteering is not something that you are necessarily but, but, open to. But, 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 but I'm saying this. If, if I'm going to volunteer in a company that say, I'm going to volunteer in an auditing, say, in an auditing department. I'll be working in auditing, mm. and I don't have a problem with that. But if I'm going to volunteer in a company that will put me in a call center, whereas I'm, I'm an internal auditing graduate, then I'm not gaining experience, and it will be costing me, say, a thousand rand transport a month, but then I'm not, ge- I'm not getting the yeah, experience. Yeah, that, uh, that stands to reason. But have you approached any, um, you know, auditing firms, uh, uh, Lawrence, to try and find some opportunity there? Many of these auditing companies, uh, they, they will tell you that they, they don't allow uh, volunteers. They don't allow volunteers. They, you, you must come. You must come as a intern or as a, as as, uh, as as someone who has got a job there. Like they don't allow you to, to to volunteer. Even in government, they don't allow you to volunteer anymore. I don't know why, because I think for me that's much better. Is but this the answer that they gave you? Sorry. Is this the answer that you were given? Yes, I have been given that answer. I've, I've been trying to volunteer in. I say, no, I, I, I've, got a, I, I've got an internal auditing diploma. Can I volunteer at least in your auditing department, do this and that? They say, no. I, I don't know if it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rule, a regulation or whatever that they say that, no, they don't allow volunteers anymore because they can't afford to pay you, so they, don't, they won't allow you to volunteer. I'm saying no, but say, for example, I was staying in, in, in town. There's no transport there. I'm just waking up in the morning and going to work. There's no transport fee that I'll, I'll be needing. I can volunteer for free, for free, for offer my service for free, but they say, no, mm. we can't allow you to do that. Well, uh, we are asking the question this morning, do South African youth have a sense of entitlement? And is that sense of entitlement holding them back? And also, you know, if you're listening and uh, you perhaps have some employment opportunities that our youth could take advantage of, we'd love to hear from you as well. You can send us an SMS to 34701 or you can call us on 0891-104-208, tweet or um, Facebook at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. Congratulations, you're having a baby girl. I'll be the best mum ever. I love her more than anything. What if she drives me crazy and doesn't let me sleep? And I resemble something from The Walking Dead and put roast chicken in the tumble dryer and clothes in the oven. Look, look, she's smiling. Life changes, so why not get the first ever life insurance that changes as your life does? Love change. Go to brightrock.co.za or speak to your financial advisor. Brightrock, underwritten by Lombard Life as an authorised financial services provider. Is this how you feel? No energy, tired, and always sick? Well, you could feel like this. Oxyvite, the multivitamin, antioxidant, minerals, and rooibos extract all in one syrup, keeping you healthy and at your peak. Oxyvite syrup for adults and Oxyvite syrup for children is now available at pharmacies and health shops. Visit gothahealth.co.za. This beautiful rhythm is produced using an aluminum drum kit bought from a music store. The music store bought the drum kit from a music instrument manufacturer. The manufacturer got their aluminum sheet from Huleman. Huleman got their aluminum from a primary producer and recycling plants. Huleman have partnered with the IDC to create a chain of viable businesses and facilitate job creation. The IDC supports businesses like Huleman to help develop industries.
If you have a business plan for an industry that the IDC supports and you require funding of 1 million rand or more, take the lead and make history. Apply on idc.co.za. The Industrial Development Corporation, your partner in development finance. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. And how apt was that IDC, uh, 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 you know, advertisement about the topic that we are having right now? And Sulu is smiling here in studio. Uh, do our South African youth have a sense of entitlement and is it holding them back? Your response very quickly before I go back to the lines. My response to it is no. We, not, we do not feel entitled. It's just that we have worked hard for so long and until so far, we expect certain opportunities to open up at this level. And now that they haven't opened up? They haven't opened up. We're still settling for what we're getting. As I say, I you settling. Co- yes, we're settling. Why are you settling? We're settling because at the end of the day, I have a student loan over 80,000 rand that I need to pay. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if I do not pay it, my mother has to pay it. And she's a pensioner. But you've settled. You've but, settled uh, and, 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 and you've accepted the fact that there's no job out there for you. And what are you doing about that? What am I doing is that Currently, like I've been listening to some of the callers saying we're not going out there to find jobs. I'm registered with like four recruitment companies whereby you go to a job interview. Last week, actually two weeks back, I went to an interview and one of the guys as well as a panel interview said to me, I will not hire you. I will not give you this job because you have a degree and it was a call center uh, position. He's like, you're going to leave me in January when the internships open up. So why as a company should I invest money in you knowing that you're going to leave? Mm, interesting. Let's just hear from Nomzamo quickly. Nomzamo? Uh, can you repeat the question for me? No, Nomzamo, uh, we were talking about your response. Okay, whilst you think about it, I just want to take two more calls that you can respond to uh, the input from our listeners here this morning. Uh, let's go to Lungelwa in Peter Maritzburg. Good morning. Morning. Um, my comment is um, I think it's very important to know that... Um, as South Africans now, as as the youth with um, all the degrees and stuff, um, it's not only about um, taking your CV to whatever company that um, you decide to um, apply for. But nowadays, I think it's about it's not only about taking your CV and just hoping and praying that all your skills and knowledge on the CV will sell you. But it's us about us going out there and literally selling ourselves to the companies and to all the firms that are, are, are looking out there to, to think to hire us, yeah. All right, and uh, thank you so much for that, Lungelwa. Ntomtoana uh, in Tanzania, good morning. Good morning. My, my, my problem here is that is the attitude of the private sector. Government has put together two policy instruments related to skills development and, and giving young people employment opportunities, and that is the Jobs Fund and the CITAS. CITAS pay companies to, to train young people, to give young people jobs. But if you look at the take-up rate by, by, by private sector, it's, dis, it's, 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 it's disappointing. Perhaps we, we should have a next chapter of this where we bring in the Jobs Fund, bring in BUSA, bring in the, the CITAS uh, to talk about the take-up of, 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 of young people and the attitude of these companies. Because once government relies on, on private sector, to, to, to meet its mandate. I, I totally agree, uh, agree with you, Mtom Tuana. Uh, you know, uh, we've taken it from the side of the graduates, but now I think it's time that we hear from uh, the private sector, from government, and all of these various entities who are meant to, uh, you know, facilitate this process of young people actually finding employment or setting up their own businesses. What are they doing in the meantime? We have also asked you if there are people out there who maybe can provide employment to uh, young people out there who are struggling to find a job. Uh, this one here says, uh, great topic, Sakina. I work for Jumpstart National Program. We recruit unemployed matriculants and graduates for retail and manufacturing at entry-level jobs. Please share my contact details. And the number is 61 766 one one two two. So uh, this is entry level 
retail and manufacturing sector. And um, I will actually make sure that we put that number on our uh, Twitter and Facebook pages as well. So you can get that. I saw a tweet that I'm also trying to find here from someone else who was also offering uh, employment. It was uh, KGM. And KGM said um, he is willing to offer employment, offer to help develop those interested towards a franchise business ownership anywhere in the country and he says he's waiting to see who is going to take him up on this offer so we'll also get kgm's details and um, we'll put them out on our various social media platforms well with that i mean um, we have about uh, a minute and a half left so 30 seconds each uh, for our guests to just wrap and tell us you know what are your thoughts moving on from this let's start with you nomzam well, my thoughts are I'm going to keep pushing and I'm going to try other things. And, yeah, hopefully the future is bright. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, Lawrence? Yeah, I think the space of improvement is still there. We should not give up. Keep on pushing, keep on trying, and maybe something will come up. Giving up is not an option. Mm. We must but- not settle for what we have. Like Tula, she's saying, she must not settle. She must fight. She must keep on pushing. Even if it's difficult, something will just will come up someday. Tula, uh, my last words is that as the youth, we're not entitled. We're working out to get what we want. So we keep on keeping on. And, and and I think that's the message that we uh, would want to put out there as well. You've got to keep persevering. It is not easy out there. You know, everybody's looking for a job. And um, so you have got to think out of the box. But many people also raising the issue of financing to start a business. Why does it always require thousands of rands for someone to start a business? Why can't you start small? You know, start by selling sweets like people have by, uh, you know, to children at schools, uh, vegetables or whatever the case may be. Start by cutting hair, one pair of clippers. I mean, why do people always think you need copious amounts of money to start a business? And perhaps therein lies another problem that we are currently faced with. But at the same time, there is money that government has made available lying around in agencies. Where is that money going to? Who is it actually empowering and who should have a sense of entitlement to that particular funding that is lying out there? As we said, we probably need a second take on this where we speak to other agencies and other stakeholders involved in this particular topic. So that's where we're going to leave it for today. Thanks to our panel, uh, Tulu uh, Mafuko, as well as Lawrence uh, Lekalakala and also Nomza Mondadla. And to you, our listeners, as always, appreciate your fantastic enthusiasm and participation. And to the production team, thanks for making sure it went out loud and clear. It's nine o'clock and it's time for news with Kumuzile Tabet.